he put on righteousness as a breastplate, a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. This is the armor of God, not just because he supplies it, but because he also wears it. This morning we're going to look at uh, the measure of our maturity. And the first point, the first point that we want to make this morning, the only point we're going to make this morning, is, is that looking at the maturity of our lives in our Savior Jesus Christ, you know, there needs to be a good defense. And, you know, this, this lady up here, I guess she's gone now, thank goodness, but uh, she doesn't show a very good defense, does she? Now, I understand going back, and that looks like that maybe was done out there on the boardwalk somewhere at the beach, I guess, and maybe she had a few too many margaritas, and, and kids, that's why we don't drink. When you get drunk like that, then some preacher 20 years later is going to put it up on the screen, and then, then it, you know, that's what happens, all right? That's one reason. But yeah, you know, she really, really didn't have a very good defense. I mean, she punched that thing pretty good. But then she got punched back pretty good as well, too. She didn't have a very good defensive system. But, you know, as born-again believers, God has given all of us a defense system. Did you know that? A defense system. And we need to make sure that we have a defense system that is, that is, that is in place and that part of our maturity in Jesus Christ as Christians. We have to remember that our maturity, our, that our defense needs to be given attention in our lives because our defense is very important. I got a picture of Matthias Rust. Matthias Rust. We got that picture. Do y'all remember um, this guy right here? Is is probably back somewhere in the late mid '80s. You remember this? The Soviet Union was in was was you know in, was in the race with the United States, and that Cold War thing was 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 at an end. And but. Um, um, surrounded the Soviet Union, surrounded by what we called the Ring of Steel, that uh, every 30 miles and 45 miles and 100 miles outside of Moscow, there was missiles. And it was, it was thought that nothing could ever penetrate Russia. And then one day, this 19-year-old German named Matthias Russ, he piloted a single-engine Cessna airplane all the way from Finland and landed in Red Square within spitting distance of Lenin's tomb. Now, what was interesting about this is that Rust made no attempt to evade radar. His intrusion into Soviet airspace was detected hundreds, listen, hundreds of miles before he landed. It's even reported that MiG fighter jets had done flybys marking the Cessna uh, long before it even approached the capital city. But it was deemed harmless. Nothing worth getting excited about. In fact, in the handoff report, there was no mention anywhere of this Cessna. And then 3 o'clock that afternoon, Matthias Rust put his plane down in the very heart of the Soviet Union. In the aftermath of all of this, you know, their defense had collapsed. There was enormous effort that was given to identify how this is even possible. But this little small airplane that was deemed harmless flew right by everybody and right by everything. Everybody deemed it as harmless, and it landed right in the middle of Red Square. Now, I want to give you a couple of principles. Open your Bibles this morning to Ephesians chapter 6, please. Ephesians chapter 6, as we look at understanding our defense this morning. 
Principle number one. Principle number one. We, listen to me close. I love you guys, and I'm, I'm your pastor, and, and, and so my job is to feed you. Remember, my job is to feed you, it's to tend you, it's to lead you a little bit. And, but also, I'm your preacher, and, and that is, is I need to get you in the corner and, 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 and not let you out until you get this, okay? Um, understand that we've got to work on our def- defense as born-again believers of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Everybody say amen. Yeah? yeah? And, and we got to make our, our defense important and, and put the needed resources into it that it needs, And so principle number one in understanding our defense is this. Number one is that we are more vulnerable than we think. Write that down. Look, me, you, all of you upstairs, we are more vulnerable than what we think. Personally, listen, we're vulnerable. We've all seen that people, we've all seen those people, we've all seen those marriages that all from the outward appearances seemed perfect and great and, and, and nothing could get into their marriage, but then we've seen their marriages fail. Listen, everybody look, everybody listen. We're all vulnerable. That man or woman we never thought would have done what they did. We're all vulnerable. We are more vulnerable than we think. These people, they let something into their airspace that at the time seemed controllable and harmless, just like the story of Matthias Russ. It was no big deal, these people, that when, when the enemy invades their life, it was no big deal. They reasoned it, and every scenario was covered. No real threat exists, and all of a sudden, it's too late. Do, do, do you see it? You know, we, we think of being a mature Christian as someone who reads their Bible every morning and who comes to church on Sunday mornings and who gives their tithe. But, but, but that's not all of what maturity of being a believer in Jesus Christ is. It's, it being a mature believer in Jesus Christ is understanding that we are vulnerable people and that God has given us a defensive personality and and and. and parts for us to put into our lives so that when the enemy comes around lurking about that we don't find ourselves and we say it was too late. Everybody got it? Being mature means that we build that defensive system up in our lives that we understand it more better. More better. Is that a right word, Tommy? No, no, it's not, is it? So number one is, is principle number one is that we are more vulnerable than we think. So that first lesson, we're not as strong as what we really think that we are. We are vulnerable. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 makes this very plain. Look at it. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he, what? Fall. Principle number two. You know, um, the more I live and the more I pastor and the more I see people in and out of my office and Number two is that we're careless people. Do you know that? Don't you just see that? We're just careless people. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6, it says, These things happened as a warning to us so that we would not crave evil things as they did. Now, this verse points to the spiritual downfall of Israel. It's, it's in the New Testament pointing back 
in, in telling us that look at the things that Israel did and, 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 and look how careless they were and, and don't make the same mistakes as they made. In other words, it was an example to us. Again, this verse points out to the spiritual downfall of Israel, and then it tells these things took place as an example for us that we might not desire what they did wrong. Wise is the man. Listen, wise is the woman. Wise is the teenager who turns from the wreckage of someone else's sin only to look for similar cracks in their own defense. But you know, the truth is, so many who profess to be Christians, listen close, so many of us who profess to be Christians see no reason to examine their defense or make any real change in their behavior. Surrounded though we are by those whose lives have been invaded, we think somehow that we're different, that those things can't do to us what they did to somebody else. You know, we just resolve to be more careful. Can I have an amen? We just resolve to be more careful, or that's that person and not me. We, we cross our fingers and we continue on, but we have the same attitude, the same friends, the same choices, the same worldliness. And here's a critical question I want to pose this morning, and this is it. If Satan were to blow you out of the water, listen close. If Satan were to, to blow you out of the water, how do you think he would do it? How do you think he would do it? If he could ruin your reputation, if he could silence your testimony, if, if he could lethally poison your marriage and foster bitterness in your family or your church life, what would be his approach? What would be his approach? Where is that critical weakness? Listen, if the care of souls and that's us, that's yours and mine, I want us to assess ourselves in the light of Scripture this morning, just for a few minutes, and I don't want another person, listen, I don't want another person, another couple, a family in this fellowship to become a casualty in this spiritual war, and especially just because you don't give time to the defense that we should be giving to in our lives. Because listen, the Bible tells us there's an enemy out there, and he's like a roaring lion, and listen, he wants not to just to just to not just to make friends with you, but he wants to devour you. He wants to mess you up and take you out. So we've got to have a good defense system. And God has placed one in our lives. Listen, when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came to live within us. Everybody, amen? We've been studying that in our base groups. And we talked about the Holy Spirit last time. And, th and tonight when you go to your base group, we'll be talking about the Word of God. Very, very good. But we have been given a defense. And we're going to look at it here in Ephesians chapter 6. And look with me uh, this morning at verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And three points this morning that shows us our defense system. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Now, verses 10 through, through 24 is, is great, and we see it tells us of what, the, uh, what the armor of God is. But this morning, we're just going to look at verse, verses 10 and 11. And it says, finally, be strong in the Lord. So underline, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Underline his might. Verse 11, 
put on the full armor of God that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes, the wiles, the methods of the devil. Let's pray this morning. Father, we do love you this morning, and we thank you for our Savior, Jesus Christ. And Lord, uh, as we teach this morning and as we allow the Holy Spirit just to work within our hearts and our lives this morning, Lord, I, I pray that all of us will be paying attention to what you're saying to us. And Lord, that, um, that we walk out and we're vulnerable people and that we're a little bit too careless. We don't think too much of the defense system that you've given us as believers of how we can stand firm against the wiles, against the methods of this fallen world, against this world system, against Satan himself. And that, Lord, that, that um, Satan in this world system wants nothing more than to scheme um, and, 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 and drive down the Christian and take them out of the game of being soul winners, of being victorious Christians. That, Lord, that he wants nothing more to drive wedges into our families and to drive bitterness into our church and to drive that, that, that uh, sense of, of not having faith within the church body. And, Lord, I pray this morning that, uh, that all of us will pay attention and that, Lord, as Christians will mature, but to mature that first, number one, God, that will realize that we have got to give some time to our defensive system that you've given us, that you've placed in with us within the Holy Spirit, Lord, and through the Word of God, and that, Lord, that we can be disciplined people in this teaching. Lord, encourage our hearts, please. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this morning, um, let's continue on, and let's just look at a couple of things about, about these verses. And that is a good defense includes these three things. Number one, look at it in verse 10. First of all, the call to arms. Hey, listen to me, Cornerstone. We all have a call to arms. Everybody say amen. We have all have, have this call to arms. In verse 10 it says, finally, it says, be strong in the Lord and in, and in the strength of his might. Now, in this text, this is an imperative. This is a call to arms. This is for us to take a stand, for us to know that this is truth. This is an imperative that we must do. And that is, as a Christian, you have a mandate from God himself. Listen, we must mature. And for us to mature, we have to take a stand. We have to be strong in his might. We have to take that mandate. That is our defense. Compliance is not optional. You, we, us, we are in a war zone. Our families are in a war zone. We are all in a war zone, and we have this, main, this mandate, this imperative to take a stand. Again, this is, this, is, this is not optional. We are in a war zone. For all of us, there is no leave of absence. We don't retire from it. There is no leave of absence in this battle. There is no tolerance for anybody who has gone AWOL. The core command here is to what? Is to be strong. This ought to make us stop and pay attention. When Paul tells you to be strong, he's telling you that something is coming. Listen, something is coming. Something scary and powerful and is coming, and it wants to invade all of our lives. Every word from Paul matters here, so let's notice three important things. Number one, you are not the source of this power. Everybody, listen. Number one, we see from this text 
is that when it comes to this defense, you are not the source of this power. You know, I think what happens is, is we try to be the source of this power. We try to make all these decisions, and then everything just goes right down the tube. It's because, listen to me, we're not the source of this power. The Scripture says it's His strength, it's God's strength that, that we put ourselves into and that we draw from His power. We allow the Holy Spirit to fill our lives, and that's where we have the power to take this stand. It's not our strength, it's His strength. That's where the power comes from. You're not the source of the power. Now, the language of the New Testament is very precise. Again, the power doesn't come from within you and me. We are a channel. Listen close. You are God's secret weapon. Amen? Give the Lord a hand. You're God's secret weapon, but you're not the source. And that's really good news because what we're up against here, we can't handle. You and I will be overpowered. Listen, you and I will be overpowered, outmaneuvered, and outsmarted on our own. Our strength is, in it, is inadequate for, for the job, for the fight. 1 John 4, 4 says, But greater is he that is in me than he is that, of that is in the world. The resurrected Christ, the Bible is clear, is the power. It, it says, he says here, be strong, or more accurately, he's saying, be strengthened in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Philippians 4.13, we all know this one. I can do all things through Christ who what? Strengthens me. We're not the source. We're not the source. Hey, look. So when it comes to our defense, stop trying to do it on your own. Stop thinking that you can cross your fingers or that you can come to church or that you can tithe or you can do whatever this thing may be that you're going to be okay against the wiles of Satan. I want you to know that's not how it is. We have to stand firm in the strength of God. We've got to get into God's Word. We've got to break it down. We've got to believe it. We've got to obey it. And we've got to do what God's Word says. We have to allow the, when those times come to us that we fight those things, not in our own strength, but in the strength of God. Amen, everybody? Number two. Number two is that you ought to be getting stronger. Now, you ought to be getting stronger. What Paul is talking about in Ephesians chapter chapter six is not one not 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 a not a one time show of power. You get that? This is not a one time show of power. And you know, I think for a lot of us, when it comes to this defense, when it's standing the might of God and trusting in Him and and that strengthening, sometimes we look at it as as a one time show of power. It isn't, but instead it is an increasing building kind of strength. Now follow me. In other words, the longer you are a Christian, the stronger you ought to be spiritually. Everybody say amen. But the reality is, is there are believers who have walked with Christ for decades that seem weaker than the new Christians that just got saved a few months ago. Pretty sad, isn't it? Their spiritual growth and strength hit a plateau long, 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 long time ago. Instead of being the people to go to in the body of Christ, they are instead known for patterns of sin, for fear, for gossip, cynicism, pride. Why? Because it's a lack of maturity. It's a lack of maturity, you see? Listen. The book of Hebrews is talking to some of the some of those people here, and it says this, 
by this time, you ought to be teachers, but have need for someone to teach you, again, the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, solid food, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by content practice to distinguish good from evil. Look, you don't grow strong by attending meetings. You don't grow strong by critiquing ministries and gossiping and posting. Look, we get stronger when we personally join the sometimes messy front lines of ministry, when we get out there and we, and we take in the power and the word of God in our lives. Which brings me to the third point, and this is it. You are to put this strength to the test. Whose strength? Not our strength, but the power of Christ. The word, the word the Holy Spirit inspires Paul to use means proven strength, battle-tested ability. This is not bodybuilding strength. Listen, where you pump iron just so you can flex in front of the mirror, this is not theoretical strength from our, for, for some kind of armchair Christianity who, who talks a big game, and instead this is for people who get out there and do work in the ministry. Look, Jesus equips you uh, for the kind of hand-to-hand -hand battle that comes up when you take risks for the kingdom of God. Now, here are your orders. Get fortified in the Lord so that you are prepared to do for anything for Christ's sake. Now, I was talking to someone last week, and uh, this has kind of come to my mind. And we ought to be getting stronger. Our, our defenses ought to be getting stronger. We ought to grow in maturity in Christ to where we're strong in his might and not in our own might. And it's that part of have the, having the filling of the Holy Spirit fresh in each, each day. We die to ourselves and we grow in him. Right, everybody? And, and I was talking to, to someone the other day, and, and, um, and it was Jason. Uh, and after, during the Wise Guys Awards, was, who was here for the Wise Guys Awards Wednesday nights? Yeah, get, give those wise guys a hand, will you, please? Those, I mean, they memorized all those verses. Those songs were just precious. I think there was 34 wise guys we graduated this year, and it's just a wonderful ministry, Tommy. You did a good job on that. But Jason and I were talking, and, 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 and what I see in Jason is I see, I, I was sitting in my office talking to him, and I could just see, I could see growth. I could see maturity. He was talking about his family and and, and, uh, and how he told his, his, his family, he says, you know, kids, I want you to go to school and make friends, but the ultimate goal is I want you to fill up those classrooms at Cornerstone Baptist Church and bring those kids and be an influence. I mean, this is, that's maturity, right? That's, that's, taking, that's taking and going to the front lines and being active in ministry. Do you see? That's what that is, and, and that's where we all need to be is, 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 is growing strong spiritually, not only the defensive system of knowing where our power and strength is, but listen, we get on the front lines and we minister for Jesus Christ. We take chances for Jesus Christ because the enemy is going to come no matter what, but we know that when we go out there, when the attacks come, that our power and strength is in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? So we, we grow stronger and we grow stronger and we grow stronger but to do so, we've got to be active in ministry and in growing and in maturing in Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? Often we're careless. We know we're vulnerable. 
But look, number one is this, is that it's his might and his strength, not ours, right? That's the first line of defense. Number, number two on that is this. And you got to know about this, the contender to defeat. Look at verses 11 and 12. It says, put on the whole armor of God. Now, you're going to love this. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be, may be able to stand against the schemes, the wiles, the methods of the devil. Look at, look at what it says in verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Now, you've heard your pastor say over and over again that who is your worst enemy? Everybody say it with me. Ourselves, right? I've said it over and over again, and we are really our own worst enemies. But I want you to know that there is an enemy out there, and his name is the devil. His name is Satan. Do you get it? Do you see it? Do you know it? Do you believe that? He's the one who first tempted Eve in the garden, the one who accuses every believer in the world that's ever existed. He's the one who stands before God to hurl accusations against you. He is active and personal and intensely focused on how he can ruin you, how he can corrupt you, how he can ruin your children, how he can ruin your marriage, how he can ruin this church. He is, he is scheming and making methods to do that right now as we speak. That's not some kind of fairy tale. It's not some kind of a story that's been told from old till now. It's the truth. The Word of God says that there is a devil and he is real. Now, look, we understand that he's not omniscient like God is. He's not omnipresent like God is. But nevertheless, he is Satan. He's been in this world for over 7,000 years, and that's why we have the world system today. But he today, he sits in his war room, and he's got pictures of you. He's got a list of things about you. He knows all these things about you, and he is scheming. That very word schemes comes from the Greek word methodo, which we have the word method, and, and, and proven methods, that is, that he is going to use so he can get to your life, so he can take you down and take you out and ruin everything about us. That is the truth. There is a contender, and he is a true foe, but he stands no chance with Jesus Christ. That's why we stand in, 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 in his strength, and that's why we stand in Jesus Christ, because he's no match for the King of kings and the Lords of lords. Everybody say amen and give the Lord a hand on that. He is set out there against you. Listen to me. If, you, if, if, if you've ever wondered why you find worship boring, going to church boring, if you ever question why it's so hard to get up in the morning and spend time with the Lord and read the Bible, ever thought about why every time you want to share your faith, fear crops up, look no further because it's Satan that's doing that to you. Do you understand that? That's why you can't do it in your strength. That's why you do it in the strength of Jesus Christ and not on your own. Satan hates you. And he has terrible plans for your life. He hates your marriage. He wants to kill it. He hates your children. He wants to trap them. He wants to fill your mind with things about your spouse that, that, that that's, doesn't make any difference. Look, he despises the church and he wants to neutralize it. He has your picture and your vital information again on his table in his war room. And he is strategizing 
how best to invade your life. Listen to me, that's what's going on right now. So you need a good defense system. Not your own defense system, you need God's defense system. You need his strength. You need the whole armor of God, and you've got to put every bit of it on in your life. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, you've got to shoot shod your, your feet with the, with the gospel of peace. You've got to put on every bit in your life. Everybody say amen. That's what he's given us, and you can go home tonight and read all those things. But... But we have that command there. We, have, we know who the contender is. And then lastly, we have the command to stand in verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, you're going to like this. Look carefully at this order and what it requires. Number one, write this down. You are to dress out immediately. Um, put on the whole armor of God. Put on means clothe yourself, dress out, get the equipment on. And that, emphasis, and that emphasis is do it now. Move it, hurry. You don't have time to waste. That urgency. Why? Because something's coming and you can't handle it in your own strength. You get it? Suit up. Number two, you are issued the armor of God. Now, many people believe that Paul is drawing his analogy of this armor from the Roman soldiers to whom he was chained to, Romans chapter 6, verse 20, or even Ephesians chapter 6. But Paul also knew the Old Testament. Now, I'm not going to ask you to do it, but write down Isaiah chapter 59. Did I give you those scriptures up there, Isaiah 59? I did not. Isaiah chapter, because I, I found this later after I did that, but if you'll go back to Isaiah chapter 59, and the Apostle Paul knew these verses, Isaiah 59, verses 15 to 17, and we read about God himself as a warrior. Now listen close. As a warrior fighting to deliver his people. And I'm going to read this to you, but I want you to notice the description of what God says he is wearing. Okay? Again, most of us preachers, we always say that this, is an, that this whole armor of God is an analogy of a Roman soldier, which 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 there is that symbolicness of it, but but again, Paul would have known of these scriptures in Isaiah, and again, notice the description of what God is wearing when He said He would deliver His people. And the Lord saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no one to intercede. Then His own arm brought Him salvation, and His righteousness upheld Him. Here, here it is. He, talking about God, he put on righteousness as a breastplate, a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. Now, I want you to get this. So this is the armor of God, not just because he supplies it, but because he also wears it. You see it? Isn't that incredible? God, the Messiah, wore that same armor. The same armor is available to us. I don't know about you, but that's exciting. Now listen carefully. All these aspects are about your Christian life, and this armor is for your defense. Now notice the purpose, the goal of being fully covered in the armor of God 
so that you may be able to stand against the devil. Because you can't stand in your own. Your own defense is, is not going to work. I mean, remember our story at the beginning? The Soviet Union, they had, they had missiles in every 45, every, every 75, every 100, 100 mile, nautical miles. And this one little Cessna airplane come in. Look, there's nothing that we can do humanly to fortify our lives. But there is something we can do is that we can stand in the Lord Jesus Christ in his power and strength and not our own. Amen, everybody? Because that's the true defense. We're going to close with this. You are God's secret weapon. He's chosen all of us to uh, be part of the ministry. Amen? He's chosen chosen us for salvation. We've accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. We have become part of the family of God. and We have the salvation. We have the Holy Spirit living within us. But he, he, he has, he, we are now his secret weapons in ministry. The souls of this world depend upon plan A, plan number, plan, plan us. There is, there is no other plan that God's going to ha- that has that's going to be a witness to a dying world. It's us. Right? We are God's secret weapon. For his, we are his weapon. How's our maturity when it comes to our defenses? Do we just go through life with our fingers crossed, with I hope so attitude, that, you know, that attitude that says, well, it might have happened to so-and-so, but that can never happen to me. We just kind of cross our fingers and thinking, but, you know, but understand that we treat our lives just like the Russians did, that little Cessna airplane. We let things that we think that aren't harmful penetrate our lives because we're standing in our own power, in our own intellect, and we're not taking heed to the Word of God in our lives. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Number one, Is God's secret weapon in the wrong hands this morning? Is my life a righteous weapon empowered by Christ? Or would it be more honest to say that my choices, my actions, my attitudes make me a weapon of unrighteousness, perhaps even through a worldly lifestyle? Here's a question. Am I presenting my body a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, or is your body parts given up to serve only fleshly interests? Here's another question. Am I growing stronger as I grow older in the Lord, or is my spiritual progress stalled? Here it is. You are either a channel of God's power and purpose in the unfolding of his plan, or you're an obstacle that hinders his will to be done. You see it? There's no middle ground. 
more than once, Jesus made, made this clear. He says, no one can serve two masters, for, there, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Whoever is not with me, he said, is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Matthew chapter 12, verse 30. And then this is it, Romans 13, verse 12. And here's the word he said. Paul said, the night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness darkness, and put on the armor of light. Put on the armor of light. Let's bow our heads just for a moment and pray. Father, we love you this morning, and we thank you for your word. And God, this morning we understand that um, our maturity as Christians, being that, being that secret weapon of, of, of ministry, that secret weapon of of that weapon of yours, Lord, to be used to win people to Jesus Christ, to be a witness to those who have fallen, and whatever the case may be, Lord, that that's that has to do with our maturity as believers. And the very first thing this morning, I hope that we all look at this morning in our maturity is is that what is our defense system to a world that is that is fallen, a world that wants nothing more than to rob us, to hurt us, to to, to root bitterness into us and to take any victory away from us that we might have in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I, I pray this morning that we'll all take a personal look into our own hearts and to see whether or not if our defense is based in the power of Jesus Christ, in the Word of God, in the truth of Scripture, or if it's just based in our own power and our own intellect and our own strength. That we have just we've got this postmodern mindset about us. That there's no absolute truth that defines how we live this life and how we go through this life. Lord, I pray this morning that if there's any here that's never called upon Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, that Lord, that that the Holy Spirit will will call them, that you will call them, Lord, this morning, and that they will give their lives to you, fresh and anew. Lord, we love you and we give you praise for all that you're doing and all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name we be praying. Amen. Hey, stand with me, please. And as we stand in an attitude of prayer this morning, every head bowed and every eye closed. Has your spiritual life plateaued? spiritual victories, nothing really that's led by faith, that might be because you're doing it by your strength, not by his strength. What's your weakness? Seriously. Worse, while Satan is in his war room with all that he's doing and he's got your picture picture of your kids picture of your grandkids your picture in his war room and he's got that list next to it of your weaknesses that he's scheming of how he can get into your life and to wreck and make habit out of your life what are those weaknesses 
can't take that attitude that says, I'll be okay. I'm not like the next person. We all know of people that has fallen to that. It just breaks my heart, and I know it breaks your heart. But we don't have to, to be the next in line or the fifth in line for that to happen. Because God tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and 11, that we can stand, we can act, and we can stand in the power and the strength of our Savior Jesus Christ. That we can take the Word of God and we can place it in our lives. We can be victorious in every battle that we get into with, with whoever it might be. We can put on that whole armor of God. That's for our defense. Whatever it may be this morning, what is your weakness? Where do you need to stand firm and stand strong in the power of God this morning? Whatever that might be, we're going to open the altars up and just an opportunity for us to to humble ourselves for the mighty hand of God and understand that we're not just playing around here in this life but it's, it's not just some kind of play field but it's a, it's a war zone really and we need to take all the measures we can to mature our defensive system that's how we stand in the power and might of Jesus Christ because he's your Lord and Savior and Master he's the King of Kings is everything.